It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. And good morning to Dr. History. Good morning, Zeb. How are you doing today? You know, I look forward to today uh, for two reasons. Number one, I never know where you're going to go. And number two, it's always entertaining. Well, good. All right, go ahead. (laughs) Well, I'm going to tell you about a guy that a little bit of a questionable character in the Old West Weren't they all? They were. They all were. <laughs> they too. So, if the words of Henry Starr can be trusted, this outlaw, whose crimes bridged the 19th and early 20th centuries, left a buried treasure in southwest Kansas somewhere. Oh, really? The truth of this legend kind of rests with his credibility, which. Uh, can be questionable, his, if you know what I mean. So you're saying that maybe he didn't rob, maybe he didn't oh. hide the treasure, or no, what? No, no, he robbed. He robbed. It's just a question of whether or not you can believe that he actually buried some treasure down in there. Ah. So let's start with old Henry Starr. Okay. Born December 2nd, 1873 at Fort Gibson in Eastern Indian Territory, which is now Oklahoma. His father was a half-breed Cherokee. His mother was a one-quarter Cherokee and some Irish ancestry. And she actually came from a very well-respected family. Really? Well-educated. But Henry's father came from a little bit of an unsavory uh, group of family characters there. Uh, in fact, Henry's grandfather was named Tom Starr. He was an outlaw. And Henry's uncle was Sam Starr, an outlaw who married the famous... Bellstar. Bellstar. Really? Yeah. So there's okay. an intermixing of, uh, like say, some unsavory uh, characters in well, this no, family. Well, no, she assumed his name then of Star. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I see. So anyway, so young Henry Star grew up in what we uh, would call the lawless part of Indian Territory. Uh, the northeastern part of Indian Territory was full of outlaws, many of whom had fled to the Indian nation to avoid the law. Right. You see, at the time, there was no extradition for criminals caught in Indian Territory. Right. So they could zip over there and... and just live off what they'd stolen or whatever. And, you know, I've read many books about that. And, boy, you talk about a cutthroat society. You had yeah. to watch your back all the sure. time. I mean, there was no law at all. Yep, so that's right. So when Henry Starr was about 13, his father died, leaving his mother with the task of raising three children, running the family. Well, she soon remarried. And Henry's stepfather 
Hey, they didn't get along, and uh, Henry didn't think much of him either. And anyway, the boy uh, and his stepfather, they argued a lot. Henry was beaten, and pretty soon he ran away from home. Mm-hmm. So he had his first run-in with the law when he was about 18. He was working on a ranch when a lawman arrested him for stealing another man's horse. Now, as Henry later wrote in his autobiography, the horse had wandered onto the ranch where Henry was working. He took care of the animal for about a month until the owner came and claimed the horse. That's feasible. Yeah. And Henry wrote that the owner thanked him profusely and for taking care of the horse, but after the man left, he swore out a warrant for Henry Starr's arrest. Uh-oh. Well, Starr was taken before Judge Isaac Parker court in uh, Fort Smith, Arkansas, and he remained in jail until the charges were dismissed for lack of evidence. So Starr was free, but this is the beginning of a whole <laughs> series of things. <laughs> anyway, he was free. So they kind of teed him off. Yeah, they kind of he did. But, yeah, okay. You know, the short time he was behind bars uh, kind of changed him. I mean, he lost respect for the law. He rode his horse back into Indian Territory, which, again, was pretty rough. He said he thought about uh, how about uh, a person could beat the law. He started thinking about that. So pretty soon, Starr and two other young men, a guy named Ed Newcomb and Jesse Jackson, decided to rob a railroad. Jesse Jackson? (laughs) Jesse Jackson. He was troublemaking all the way back then? That's him. They decided it would be a good idea to rob a railroad depot. Uh So in 1892, they escaped with $1,700. But Starr's identity was soon discovered. He was arrested, taken back to Fort Smith, where he pleaded not guilty. He was released on $2,000 bond. He quickly returned to Indian Territory, determined never to return to Judge Parker's area. I see. So, well, when Starr did not appear in court at Fort Smith, Deputy U.S. Marshal Floyd Wilson was sent to bring him in. Well, Wilson found Starr and uh, called him to stop. Gunfire erupted. Uh, the facts are a little hazy, but according to Starr's recollection, uh, Wilson and another law man fired first. Starr fired back. He said in self-defense, of course. Wilson fell to the ground. The other man took off on a run. Starr walked up to Wilson and fired several mo- more bullets into the body to make sure. Yeah, well, you never know. They might yeah. sneak up on yeah. you. Yeah, so Wilson was the only person that Starr actually killed during his life of crime. I see. So that's the only time he actually killed somebody. Okay. Okay. Time for a water break. Got to have a drink. <laughs> well, Starr rode off and soon teamed up with a guy named Frank Cheney, who was a farmer. And they made off with more than $400 when they robbed a train depot and two stores. Within a few days, they held up another depot and a store, another $400. But these robberies did not produce much cash. You know, you got to pick something a little more lucrative, I guess. So Starr decided they should rob a bank. Mm-hmm. Oh, So he began analyzing how to rob a bank and concluded that daylight hours were the best. So Starr and Cheney crossed the border into Kansas. They walked into the Caney National Bank and drew their revolvers. Uh, Cheney went into the vault, filled a bushel sack with money, and they got away with more than $5,000. Cheney apparently returned to farming, satisfied with what he'd done. Henry was becoming a wanted man. Really? So So the other guy got away scot-free. Oh, yeah. Went back to his farm and yeah. lived happily ever after. But Star <laughs> reali- a new plow. And a new plow, yeah. <laughs> but Star realized there was more money in robbing banks, and about three months later, he rode into Bentonville, Arkansas. This time, he had four men with him. Well, inside they took as much money as they could carry until they heard the gunfire outside the bank. 
Well, the outlaws fled, only to be chased by a posse. The robbers, however, managed to escape. This time, they got away with $11,999. Okay, $999, exactly. $999, exactly. Okay. So, but uh, anyway, Starr was blamed for the Bentonville bank robbery, and he became even more of a wanted man. And lawmen distributed wanted posters, uh, some of which included his photograph, and he realized he was not very safe in public. Now, what year was this? This was 1893. 93? Yep. Okay. So he headed off to Colorado Springs, Colorado, and there he was recognized, and four policemen arrested him. So here we go. Starr faced one count of murder and 13 counts of highway robbery. Starr's trial focused on his killing of the deputy marshal. And he was found guilty and sentenced to die on the gallows. Well, the case was appealed and Starr's sentence was commuted by the United States Supreme Court and a new trial was granted. Okay, right there, we're going to leave place a to cliffhanger. Stop. Okay. Yeah, the serial will continue in just a moment, but right now, it's time to tell you about Minicash's sales with Zach and the gang at 1321 East Main Street in Burley, right across from the airport. You know, Zach wanted me to let you know that they've got carpet right now on sale for thirteen fifty per yard, normally retailing at seventeen ninety nine. Ho ho! Save you money. And also some vinyl for nine nine. Normally retailing for $15.99. You better not pass this up. Get in there today and check out, too, the Western Windows. Save on your heating bills this winter. And also all the Tartar Farm and Ranch gates and panels at Minicasha Sales, 1321 East Main Street in Burley, bringing you Dr. History. So here we go. Soon, uh, Starr's second trial was held, and again, he was found guilty of murder, sentenced to die. The case was again appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court overturned his conviction and granted him a third trial. Oh, my. So here we go. His third trial was held in 1897. He pleaded guilty to manslaughter and was given three years in jail. Uh, for his other crimes, he was given seven years, and Starr was taken to the federal prison at Columbus, Ohio, where he was a model prisoner. Just an excellent young man. Oh, boy. Starr's mother went to Washington, D.C., and was granted an interview with President Theodore Roosevelt. How old was he by this time? I don't know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'd have to guess. I'm going to say about 30. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> okay. I can do the math. Okay. It'd take me a while. <laughs> so she told her son's story, and Roosevelt wired Starr and asked, asked him if he would behave himself if he were pardoned. Oh, really? Well, Starr said, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And he was determined to follow the straight and narrow path. And so Starr was pardoned in 1903 after serving only three years of his 15-year sentence. Oh, my. So Henry Starr returned to Tulsa. He married. Uh, and he and his wife had a child. They named Theodore Roosevelt Starr. Really? <laughs> in honor of. But anyway, he felt like a free man until he learned that authorities in Arkansas were still after him to for uh, for other things that he'd done. So anyway, so he thought, what the heck? So Starr again started to rob banks, this time with a guy named Kid Wilson. Uh. He robbed the state, state bank in Kansas. Uh, when they reached Colorado, they found a bank that looked too good to pass up according to Starr, so they got away with $1,100, and then they split up. Now, what happened to Kid Wilson is not known, but Starr spent the summer and fall in 1908 in New Mexico. Well, lawmen located Starr, arrested him for the Colorado Bank, and tried him, sent him to the state prison in Colorado. Here we go again. Again, he was a model prisoner. He was soon made a trustee. You know, good guy. Yeah. He was paroled on the condition that he never leave Colorado. You be good now. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't believe this. Anyway, Starr promised he would be a good guy. 
Yeah. He promised. He sounds like an Obama administration yeah, person. He, he promised he would not leave, and so as soon as he released, he uh, or that he wouldn't come back to Colorado. Uh, no, leave Colorado. So now he's going to Oklahoma. Oh, back home. Yeah. Well, the lawman searched. Uh, you know, he robbed 14 different banks. He uh, Each bank was robbed during daylight hours. And there's about one robbery every two weeks. The total take in robberies was about 26000 really? Not a bad paycheck for back then. Yeah. So anyway, lawman searched for Star. He was living comfortably only two blocks from the sheriff's office in Tulsa. Are you kidding me? <laughs> he was right there, two blocks away from the sheriff's office. With his family. I think so, yeah. yeah. And it was here, there that uh, he apparently decided to rob two banks at the same time. This what? Uh, just, you know, uh, figured that'd be a good good plan. Yeah. Okay. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So he put together a gang of eight men. The eight men rode their horses into Stroud, Oklahoma, tied their horses to a fence. One member of the gang watched the horses, while the other seven remaining members uh, divided into two groups. Star and two men headed for the Stroud National Bank, while the other four outlaws walked to the first national bank one block away. It's always the first national. <laughs> it's never the second. No. So at the Stroud National Bank, Star left one man outside to, uh, the door to guard. As Star and another outlaw entered the bank, they drew their guns and announced this was a holdup. And in the meantime, the four other outlaws had entered the first national bank. Well... The uh, outlaws, uh, they tossed an empty sack to the cashier who went into the vault, got $4,500, and 2300 of it was actually in gold. Really? So that had to be a little bit heavy. A little heavy, yeah. yeah. So the two branches of the outlaws soon met outside the First National Bank. They headed to the stockyards and where the horses were. But by then, the townspeople were learning about the robberies. So well, how slow were these guys? <laughs> well, they must have been a little slow. Come That's on. all I can say. Stop for a donut or yeah. something? So it was then that a teenager named Paul Curry, armed with a short-barreled rifle, fired at Star. Okay, the bullet struck Star in the leg, and he collapsed against a wire fence. He fell to the ground. Curry shouted to Star. He says, "Throw your gun, or I'll kill you." Well, Star. Being a little smarter than some uh, did as he was told. Yeah. So Star was carried to a doctor's office, and uh, his leg bone was shattered, clear up by the hip, uh, not, in, not in very good shape. But yeah. Meanwhile, the other outlaws had reached their horses, mounted, and they were riding as fast as they could go. With all the money. With all the money, and the townspeople firing after them. So the six remaining outlaws escaped. Okay, so here we go. Star goes to trial again. Yeah, wait a minute. Now, he, he recuperated. Yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah, from this injury. Okay. So this time he was sentenced to 25 years in prison. Again, Star. Oh, now wait a minute. (laughs) You guessed it. A model prisoner. Yeah. And now he's 45 years old. Okay. And he spoke about his foolishness in following a life of crime. He was paroled in 1919. And for two years he lived an honest life. Got into the... Now, this is kind of interesting. It got into the silent motion picture business. Really? With uh, the old guys yeah. like uh, Tom Mix and those? Yeah. 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 And he produced and starred in a movie called A Debtor to the Law, which I've never heard of. But anyway, Oh, it was a big one. It was a big one. <laughs> and this actually depicted the Stroud Bank robberies in which he was part Are of. Are you serious? Yeah. 
So that's he starred in a movie that oh my in which he had been goodness sake. Well, Starr went on to produce two other movies, and he even received an offer from Hollywood to do a movie. Well, he turned the offer down, which maybe he shouldn't have. Because he went back to Robin Banks. Well. Starr could not take a dull and honest life. He apparently missed the excitement and the adventure of robbing banks. So here we are in 1921. Starr and three other men robbed a bank. Oh, and for heaven. as Starr was gathering the money in the vault, a former president of the bank grabbed a Winchester rifle in a corner and shot Starr in the back. Uh-oh. Starr lingered for about three days after the robbery. He boasted to those with him that he had robbed more banks than any man in America. And in uh, February tw- 1921, he died. He died. They finally got him. They finally and got him. And the court didn't give him a reprieve. <laughs> they did not. Okay. But, you know, it's not known whether Henry Starr actually buried some of his loot uh, from the earlier robberies. But he apparently made a statement when, while he was in Colorado at the state penitentiary that many treasure hunters have tried to find the location of that treasure. And if it is buried there, it's somewhere along what's called the Cimarron River. Have you heard of the Cimarron? Yeah, I yeah. have. Okay. And in the south, extreme southwest country in Kansas, somewhere yeah, down in there. Yeah, So was he telling the truth? Did he bury some of his early loot? Who knows? He's dead. And nobody's, as far as we know, never found it. What was the matter with this guy if he had, A, a family, B, a home, had what looks to be like a fairly consistent job with the movie business? Yeah. And he wanted to go back and rob banks. Yeah. Let me show you a picture of this guy. He's kind of a good-looking guy. Uh, well, I mean, that's you know. yours to discern, but <laughs> I mean, you know, I couldn't care less. But, uh, he kind of, in a way, resembles a guy that was a crook back in the old days. Star was his name. <laughs> <laughs> it does, but I mean, you know, he, he looks kind of clean cut, no, yeah. no beard or mustache. Just but a... mentally, he must have been a little deficient. I mean, yeah, yeah. Why, why do bad guys always have to go three sixty and keep coming back? You know, I don't know if it's something in their system that the the excitement of the robbery. Yeah, but the, what's the exciting the about getting shot with? Winchester. Yeah, I don't know. Man. Uh, something kind of interesting, though, too. He did not want to be buried. What? He wanted to be cremated. Really? Yeah, and so uh, uh, his wife... Uh, she stuck with him? She stuck with him, yeah. And so his remains are buried at Dewey, Oklahoma, uh, supposedly, where uh, the cremated remains of his body are. Yeah. So... Okay. But the pride of Oklahoma. Yeah, this star family, like I say, their gene pool wasn't too good. Well, so. yeah, but I still I question why he had all kinds of breaks. Yeah, the governors, uh, you know, the president and the president commuting his sentences and everything. Yeah, what in the world did he not understand about walk the straight and narrow? You know, again, it's uh, these guys. I I think they're uh, adrenaline junkies or something. I don't know. Yeah. But what you said about Oklahoma, I got a book somewhere on those shelves, and I can't find it just offhand. But it was all about the Indian nations of Oklahoma and how all the bad guys would go over there and hide. That was a pretty wild place. Yeah, I mean, even if you were a lawman, you really wouldn't want to go into that no, area. No, no, no. Because, no, no. I mean, the odds were against you of even getting out of there. Yeah. So. Well, you know, didn't we here in Idaho had some buried treasure, like right over at the City of Rocks that right. they never found, too, right? Right. That's the, the robbery that occurred over, uh, occurred over by Pocatello. Yeah. Uh, two guys. One guy was killed. The other guy was wounded, made his way over to the City of Rocks, buried the treasure. Right. Um, he uh, wandered into a camp and told the man in the camp that he had buried the treasure south of and in sight of the twin sisters. 
okay. which is in the city of rocks. Right. Anyway, so and then he died. He died. So, so this uh, guy that he told us to, he searched and searched and searched, and he never could find the gold. Really? It's and, still up there? Well, that's, that's questionable. Oh. Because, uh, as I've mentioned before on Treasure Hunters, if you find gold or a treasure and you say, hey, look what I found. This belongs to Wells Fargo. Oh, they'll take it back. They'll take it back. Yeah. And so I think there's treasure that's been discovered that the people have said, eh, I'm just going to kind of keep this Yeah, quiet. but it's kind of hard to fence that stuff uh, because of the age and the antiquity of it, right? right? Yeah, I'm thinking if you did find it where in, would you in, go in our with day, it? yeah, where, what would you do? And I don't know, would you melt it down and make gold bars? Yeah, like those treasure hunters off the coast of Florida. Yeah. I mean, yeah. holy smokes. Yeah. Now, there was some, uh, in 1974, some saddlebags with gold found in the city of Rocks. Really? Yeah. But I it, didn't know that. But it was a different robbery. Oh. It was, they were able to figure out that this came was from... Was that the one that you were connected with? Yeah. Some of my relatives, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I do have relatives up there by the city of Rocks, up to the Alamo area. So, really? Yeah, but... Uh, you know, that's interesting. I didn't know that. They, they were just laying out in plain sight or what? Uh, no, I don't know really the details of how they found the, the gold, uh, the saddlebags. Bags. Yeah. I think they were buried, and somehow maybe Somebody the wind and the weather wore down the dirt and enough to where they found that gold. Holy cow. Maybe you and I ought to do the next broadcast from up at the City of Rocks. <laughs> that would be fun. <laughs> that would be fun. Uh, what are we going to talk about next week? That's a great story. Uh, I can't wait to hear. I could tell you about Bell Star. Well, you did that a couple of weeks ago. Oh, did I? Okay. Yeah, I guess yeah. we can't do Bell again. Yeah. No, let's not do Bell again. <laughs> okay. But uh, let's try to pick something closer to home. Should we? You know, I actually uh, was visiting with somebody that has a story from this area, and he's supposed to be getting that to me. Oh, So I'm okay. hoping that I can get uh, a local story for next week. Well, you did it again, Dr. History, and I've got to say thank you to you and also Minicasha Sales with Zach and the rest of the crew at 1321 East Main Street in Burley. Don't forget all the carpet and all the vinyl and all the western windows, everything at Minicasha Sales, 1321 East Main Street in Burley, bringing you Dr. History. Have a great week. Don't work too hard, which is a foolish thing to say, and we'll see you next Tuesday. All right. You have a good day, Zach. All right. God bless you.